0: Hello everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent, and in this episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show, we talk more about the Descent, all of the rumors and speculation that is happening before the event next week, and we talk about the Beastmaster Ranger a bit as Lucian is playing one in an upcoming game, and Jordan crafts some magical items. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle, and I am joined always by my wonderful co-host over there at uh, Sir Lucian, over there at Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello, sir.
1: Hello, as we are typing into Twitter, so if you notice us not looking at the screen, we're trying to yeah. get our last with stuff done, because this is a professional show, I'll tell you. <laughs> Yeah, and we were we uh, nothing but the highest quality.
0: We were just talking a bunch before and not getting tweets out and Instagram posts and everything else that we try to do to promote this show. But welcome, uh, we are a Dungeons and Dragons talk show talking about all the news. And the big news is happening next week with the descent. So I think next week episode is we're going to have a lot to talk about because they're going to announce all the new storylines and things like that. Um, it should be really fun, so we're excited for that. uh, mm-hmm. sad that we're not there, but I was doing the math and I'm like, that would have cost me a lot of money to try and get out there for that event. Um, so it's probably a good thing that I'm not because I'm already going to jet Gen- well i'm I'm going to Gen con and things like that. so I've already spent a lot of money, so I'm just like, I gotta do like maybe one or two trips a year. I can't really yeah. but so maybe next year, I'll actively try to go because uh it it is awesome. Like, it sounds really cool. Um, the stream of many eyes was really neat. Um, so I am curious about that. Bringing up my show notes. Uh, first of all, the the public has demanded it. Um, so we have a, a discord if everybody is interested oh. in joining the discord. Um, and I'm sure... My, I probably shouldn't have done that because now I feel like my computer's going to ding as all these people are entering into the Discord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a Discord. If you guys are interested, um, you can catch us there throughout the week. You can post uh, news articles or anything or just chat about um, the show or D&D in general. Um, so if you're interested in that, uh, feel free to join. So that should be fun.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I just heard a beep behind me because my TV behind me is also hooked to Discord. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. That's fun. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. So if you guys hear the beeps, it's all of our fans joining in.
0: Um, and... So that's the
1: big thing, too. Nope. I'm gonna have to turn it down. Keep going.
0: Oh, it's okay. So, uh, The Descent kicks off Friday, May 17th at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Um, they're going to stream a bunch of games. They've got a... They've got a whole bunch of YouTubers. They've got some Twitch people, some podcast people. So it's going to be, it's really cool. Like, I think they're just got a lot of awesome stuff happening. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the notes here. You said there's four new products that they're going to announce?
1: So yeah, yeah, I was watching uh, Spoilers and Swag. They had um, Alex Kramer, who is the host of Game Hold Con on with Nathan Stewart. And as I was reading back through that, they, they list a spoiler. He reads the number two off the sheet and he says, we'll be announcing four new products announced plus the new storyline. So the new storyline is not even one of the things they're referring to. Okay. And then Nathan says, wait a minute, you probably know three of them. You might not even know the fourth one. And Alex is like, they're playing it off so that we don't really know what's going on. But he's like, yeah, I think I only know three of them. So one of them sounds like we're getting a new starter box set because he does say one of them has bo- has cards in it and dice and it looks really cool and he really loved the original mm-hmm. starter set. and then he then he gets cut off. They don't give any more information. So they're leading us to believe, they want us to believe, their hints lead us to we might be getting a new box set. So does that mean what happens to Fandelver? Is it just a repackaging of Fandelver? or is it this new adventure in the new box set redone in a different way? uh that could be Yeah, because they can't be talking about the other new starter set that's out, which is the yeah. um, Stranger Things, because that's already out and everybody already knows about that. So they're not.
0: Yeah, I'm assuming this is awesome. products that we haven't heard of. So it's not like yeah. here's Salt Marsh, like we know Salt Marsh is already there. Uh, yeah, um, Skull Dixon says maybe they're doing a new setting of Greyhawk. That could be.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I've been, I would love that a lot.
0: Um, that would be really really cool uh <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, so, so yeah about, sir,
1: go ahead so what i liked about the whole thing is not only are they doing they kind of broke it down into in the evenings are the big kind of i almost want to call them main stage but i don't know how it's all set up but we'll call it like main stage games that are going on so with the big dms the big cast members um the big kind of storyline stuff that's going through But what's cool is throughout the day, they have four different studios that are set up so that people can do their own shows or things. So I don't even know what all of them are going to be doing. Like WebDM Show has a slot somewhere on Saturday, I think. And I saw some of the other people all had their different little slots. I just kept thinking, wow, as I'm reading that, I'm just like, I can't wait till one day, maybe this year, maybe, or not this year, but next year, the year after, I get to see slot Saturday, twelve PM Eastern, Saturday morning D D show at the you know, in studio one or whatever to do it live from there, more yeah. Four different live studios. So you're gonna they even have um Twitch forward slash D D live one, live two, live three, or live four or something like that. So there's gonna be so much content for us to watch next week starting at two PM on Friday. Um, it's two PM their time Pacific. So for us East Coasters. I believe that's 5 p.m. for East Coast people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just going to be a full run all the way through Sunday. I don't know. Maybe we should just do a marathon and restream reaction stream or something. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, yeah, yeah. A 36-hour reaction stream. To- the Saturday
0: morning hosts react to kind of a thing. Yeah, uh, yeah that could be fun. Uh, it's. It's crazy. There's lots of stuff going on. Um it makes me kind of sad and and I feel dumb that I scheduled a game for Saturday afternoon. So like I won't be able to watch it continually, but uh there's always there's always vods and things like that that are coming out. But I'm wondering if like a lot of these podcasters they're going to do like a live game session there, maybe streamed, but also You'll you'll hear that live recording later on on their podcast or their YouTube channel or things like that. Like, is WebDM just going to sit down and actually like film some episodes, like some shows?
1: Yeah, I was wondering that. Yeah, because they haven't really seen because they don't really
0: they do their WebDM plays, so I guess they could be playing uh, their Starfinder game or or Land Between Two Rivers or the games that they play. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But big announcements are coming, Um, and then I literally discovered this this morning. Uh, I was on my newsfeed and apparently I want to bring it up so that I actually know what I'm talking about. But, mm-hmm. um, the, so the descent to the picture of that blind, blindfolded angel. That's like a atta- Yeah. Right behind you. That's like going down and attacking all these, these demons or devils. Um, I'm reading this so that I get it correctly. Many fans have suspected that the angel was Zariel, a fallen angel that now rules the first level of the nine hells, Avernus. Um, and the suspicion was confirmed confirmed when a fan pointed out that an image of the angel on D and D's ticketing site for the event was labeled with Zariel's name. Uh-huh. So somebody was looking at like the behind the scenes, like what are these images titled, and they found out that that title was Zariel. So it's it's not. 100 official confirmed but it is so then who is zariel zariel was an angel that was tasked with fighting the blood war um or basically observing the blood war as a tactician and kind of like we need to direct devils this way to attack all the demons and she was getting frustrated and i was reading morning canaan's Tome of foes this morning she was getting frustrated that she couldn't just go down there and fight herself and they're like well you're an angelic being you can't really do that um ultimately she rushed down there to fight because she just couldn't hold back anymore she got overwhelmed with demons and devils and then Asmodeus took her and like altered her changed her somehow and she became the like zariel archdevil that we know now that rules Mm -hmm. and then put her in place to rule the first level of avernus so uh really interesting stuff which makes like is this storyline going to be a flashback like something that happened before and we're going to play now or is it or is it that's the setting behind uh and we're now playing with the consequences of the quote descent um which i'm sure we'll find out more next week or but...
1: what if the adventure is to rescue zurio
0: mm. that could be cool do you think we'll start at like level 10 a level Level 10 to 20
1: (laughs) level one and we'll get the quest hey you need to go to the ninth level of hell (laughs) yeah
0: i don't know that could be interesting she apparently really likes being in hell and like she i mean that's what she wanted was to to fight off all these these demons and be part of the blood war but or she's like manipulated and changed and you're being you're tasked with changing that um i'm not sure one of my most popular videos is the devils of the nine hells that I did on my YouTube channel. And, um, I was thinking this morning that I'm like, I really need to update that because with Mordekainen's and of Foes came out a whole bunch of new information about all the devils and arch devils and the story and the history behind it. And I think that's going to play into this next adventure, obviously with the, the picture and it's called the descent and we have Zariel confirmed now, um, that, uh, I might try and make another, an updated video and we'll see how that does with my crazy schedule that I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Working on videos nonstop, but uh, anyway, I thought that was really interesting. Um, there was a brief little comicbook.com article that I will uh, try to link in the show notes, um, and I'll put it here um, in in our chats as well. But uh, yeah, it could be. I'm I'm really excited. I think uh, plane hopping and getting some planescape stuff into the the. We've done a traditional sword coast adventure for quite a while now that to actually do some like plane hopping and going to different uh, worlds and things like that could be really interesting so we'll see where this takes us
1: i almost feel like we need an official saturday morning D D show campaign that's running <laughs> at the same time <laughs> so we could also be talking about like all that stuff as we're talking about the news and stuff wouldn't that be cool if we're just we had our own campaign that was running for years and years and years oh,
0: well we could good. try i'm i've been like I was actually just talking about this with some of my players that uh, if I did stream, I think I would want to do little like 10 to 15 episode. um, uh, Yeah. Story arcs Mm -hmm. Um, because it's, although it's really cool to have a critical role that runs for like hundreds and hundreds of episodes, it's also really intimidating for I think new people to get into it because they were like, Mm -hmm. I have to go back and listen to how many hours of stuff. So I like that there's like little, uh, uh, just like, I don't know, like you could just hop in right here and listen for five episodes or hop in right here and listen for X amount of episodes. Um, mm-hmm. But that would be really cool if we were running some like crazy long Forgotten Realms campaign and we could like react to all the stuff that was happening in the Forgotten Realms with the published adventures that were coming out and stuff like that. So I don't know, maybe it's something we need to set up with our busy, busy lives and the multiple games that we run. <laughs> I'm not sure mm-hmm. we'll have that yeah, much
1: time. All the stuff we do. Yeah, yeah um i i just think too thinking about this time next week when we do our show because we haven't said we're canceling our show or anything so my assumption is we're doing our show yeah um we're gonna know all these new products We're the announcement is happening on friday night i believe so man imagine next week's show with all the new stuff we're gonna be talking about it's just gonna be slam packed with just talking about news of yeah. the new stuff that's coming out so that's gonna be really good so that's gonna be really fun
0: so Can't be wait. sure to Excited. tune in next week it'll be awesome yeah um, what else is going on
1: <laughs> yeah 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 so the only thing i noticed um i did see a little blurb go out that there was a monsters and fables game being done by tj storm that debuted on facebook so i noticed there's a few kind of D D campaigns that i think they're running on Facebook as a way to maybe start capturing some of that crowd that maybe isn't already in Dungeons and Dragons or it's on Facebook for some reason. That isn't so watching just- on
0: Twitch and isn't watching on YouTube, yeah.
1: so. Right, right, it's just kind of branching out. Um, the only other thing that, that was interesting to me, I think it was on May 6th when they debuted it, was they, are, they were doing something that I thought you would think was pretty cool, was this idea of taking classic fairy tales from like Grimm's and all the stuff that you normally would but finding a way to place it and phrase it in the forgotten realm. So like if you were going to take Hansel and Gretel, the story, and you decided, well, I'm going to put this story in Long Saddle and then we're going to play through that. Let's play through the Hansel and Gretel story in some way, you know, or bring that fairy tale in. So I thought that was kind of a cool thing. So I I, I haven't watched the show, but I'm hoping that's what the kind of stuff they're doing. So I think if you're into fairy tales, you're into, you know, uh, uh, stellar cast of you know actors and, and other luminaries of the DD community and tj storm's a really cool guy and i'm sure he's a great dm so um, for those of us who don't
0: know like me who is tj storm like why should i know
1: he's him? the guy that does a lot of the motion capture action stuff um and he has a company where he teaches people to be motion capture actors okay and so you see him doing a lot of the um the really athletic stuff or posing stuff or whatever. And it's a, for games, it's for movies, it's for all kinds of stuff. And he's played on, um, he's been on a critical role episode. Um, he's been, he was in the last stream last year, stream of many eyes. He was there. Okay. I'm trying to think he's been on some of the one shot shows that have gone on. Um, and kind of like a Debra Ann wall to me is like, a, a, an actor, who comes in and does one shot stuff or does campaign stuff with D and D Wizards of the Coast now?
0: Because um, they like D and D, and so yeah, they yeah. just well, get pulled in, you know, and it's like, like you're a yeah, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's that
1: big group. So it was interesting, and I just like the idea that they was based in Faerun, which was cool. And then the last thing I just heard was this was Greg Tito was talking in the D and D news, which was on Wednesday, I believe. Ghosts of Saltmarsh, the book, the campaign book, is actually considered season zero, or he called it, or season agnostic adventure league. So you can play um, Ghosts of Saltmarsh at any point with any type of your AL characters. It isn't considered one of the seasons. It's not considered one of the one through nine. It can be played with any of the characters. So I thought that was interesting. Tiers one, two, and three. So we start to see a little bit, and he called it s- season zero. So I don't know why he called it season zero on the show, but that's what he said. So Because um, it's like... It's outside of the storyline Outside of the regular storylines and stuff. Okay.
0: So yeah. it kind of feels like, well, no, because... Uh, sorry, I was going to say it kind of feels like Tales of the Yawning Portal, but that is a specific season. So that is not the same as doing uh this
1: yeah but. and i'm not sure of the other books that would be considered season zero but i'm sure there are probably a couple of the other ones the other ones actually like you yeah like there's season one for most of, or have been about the book maybe water deep because i don't know if water was season eight i think tomb of annihilation was season eight so maybe it, it had its own had
0: season yeah it, it was either yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah it's weird that the most convoluted thing for them to explain or for a new, play, a new player to kind of understand is Adventure League. I don't understand why it's so hard because like even you said, like you were looking back at the way the rules have been set and you were where the changes were going. And you're like, I don't even know if my game store was running the rules the right way. I don't but think But you they said were, it in yeah. a way that you still don't know. Like, yeah. even after you went and tried to look up the information, you're still not sure, right? It's not clear and concise. So that is one area where I think they could really improve the understanding for a new player. What is going on here? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do we do? How does this work? Uh,
0: you know, and it would have behooved them to put that in the player's handbook, I think. Like to actually yeah. set those rules down and publish them in that because you can have all these PDFs and then they update the PDFs. And I think half of my player, or half of the people at my adventure league were using old PDFs. So they weren't using like the most up, up-to-date up rules. And the mm-hmm. rules were being refined as problems were coming in. Um, They were trying to fix them. And like I said, I left adventure league when uh, they started all of this, like this is, you you don't get experience anymore. It's all leveling through uh, like Mm -hmm. milestone and weird things like that. And not, not that that's weird, but it was weird for adventure league, I guess, because it was just kind of like, well, you use experience points. That's the system that you use. So, yeah. Um, and but, even yeah.
1: the page they have set up for it isn't clear and concise they write it more like news articles than they do like here's the guide to how it works or here's the book why not just put a book out They're professionals in writing books why is there not just an adventure league book that they can release and say here's exactly how you do it here's all the stuff you need to know here's how you run it here's how you organize it here's how you gm it here's how you play it you know all those yeah. different things
0: no i think that would be that would be really cool especially for People that are fans of Adventure League, because I mean that book wouldn't sell super well, but I think it would sell pretty well for for Dungeon Masters of Adventure League. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nathan says maybe that's one of the new products. Who knows? Could be.
1: Maybe <laughs> maybe we're just yeah maybe we're um, prophesizing. What's that word? <laughs>
0: I want to go back to your fairy tales really quick. Uh, yeah, I just I don't I didn't know about this, um, but uh, I I love fairy tales. And when I was doing my Feywild game, mm-hmm. um, or when my game was taking place in the Feywild, because it's they've gone through all kinds of portals and gone all over the place, um, I did use an old book of fairy tales, and I would just flip through it like during my session prep, and be like, and just obscure ones, like this: this uh, witch buried her heart in the egg of a duck underneath um, a castle, and that gave her immortality. And I would somehow like work those weird stories in and there was a giant for some reason and things like that. And so when my players would kind of traverse the Feywild, they would run into these like little fairy tales that it's just like, what? Like a house of gingerbread? Like that doesn't Mm -hmm. make any sense. And it was really fun for my players. And some of them recognize as fairy tales and some of them didn't. But they were always fantastic and weird and it really fit for the Feywild. And so if you're looking for um, inspiration for like one shots or campaigns or something like that, definitely read up on on fairy tales because I think they're a good source of inspiration, especially for the Feywild.
1: Well, even like old fairy tales too there's a lot of weirdness to them that your your brain doesn't leap to the conclusion like if you're the person who says oh i 10 minutes in i've already figured out where this story's going yeah you don't you don't get that when you read old style fairy tales you're just like what the duck what under a house why is it yeah. under a house she'd get it under a house what is going on why here? does
0: magic work that way why is yeah. her
1: heart in the egg of a duck you know like things
0: like that where you're just like what yeah, this yeah. doesn't make sense why do it why when i say the word bricklebrit, my donkey spits out gold like it right. just doesn't make any sense but <laughs> but like that could be a fun fun thing to put into your game and all of a sudden they've yeah. got this gold spitting donkey and they're just like we had to go on a quest to learn his magical phrase that makes him spit up gold <laughs> so that we could buy a castle i don't know
1: that's really uh, good <laughs> So, and that was about it for news. Everything is about the descent. Everything's yeah, about we just have
0: to wait till gearing next up week.
1: for that D and D wise. So. Although,
0: uh, super, I'm running a run Ghost of Saltmarsh and I was mm-hmm. I actually found online the old original uk published adventures that they're basing it off of and i was kind of reading through those and i'm really excited for Saltmarsh now like i think it looks like a lot of fun um if and i know it's going to be updated to fifth edition but i was reading these older modules just to kind of see what it was like because i couldn't wait but uh, i am going to be running that for my players and i am very very excited uh it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun so cool but yeah, I hope you had a good week in gaming, sir. What did you do this week for all of the well, all yeah. the sweet games you played?
1: <laughs> so I got to, I did a trip again. I was in Colorado for work, but didn't let that stop me. I used Roll20. I played from the hotel and I was able to play both of my games, which was really good. Um, so I'm a player in two games at the moment. Again, because my schedule has been super busy, I did not decide to run a game, but I got to get back to my running my campaign. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do a Monday game, maybe a Tuesday game. I'll have to see what my players' schedules look like, but we'll see. Um, but as far as playing, I played on Wednesday night, which is my Tomb of Annihilation game. We have gotten um, to the Lost City of Omu, which I think a lot of people would know about if they've, even if they haven't played Tomb of Annihilation. That's not like a big spoiler. Yeah, I'll try not to do too much spoilers for it, so that you get to play it. But this is the second time I'm playing through it, and what's fun about this is by being an honest and good player who is only role-playing their character the way their character understands the world, it's fun to see this being presented through another DM's style, Mm -hmm. another DM's voice, even though it really is some of the things that we've just hit are exact things I've done in a previous adventure, um, when we were doing the Adventure League Tomb of Annihilation. Like we just met the same NPC, um, the same little encounter happened, and I just made sure that my character stayed back. I let my other players who have never played before do the questioning of the NPC and and find out the information that we're looking for, and maybe just whenever they mentioned one thing that I thought I could help with, that wasn't like a, a trick or a spoiler or a, a secret that I knew. I would just add into the scene, but really let them take up the scene and figure out what's going on. It's fun to really go back through and see how this is playing out from a different set of eyes really um and it makes me almost want to play it run it now as a dm because now i'm i'm running through it twice i've got a really good handle on this and now i'm starting to think about oh here's what i would do if i was running this scene yeah. or here's how i want to introduce this npc if i ever do run it. i want to do this or that or i want to tweak this little part and make this really really memorable because i know what's about to happen or where we're going to go from here so it's the pretty GM cool if you're going to play yeah the 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 trap or the, 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 the thing you want to be careful about, if I get the words right in my head, is that if you have played an adventure before, and you're going to play it again with the dungeon master, absolutely tell that dungeon master you have played before. Um, Don't hide the fact that you played, be upfront and be really good about playing it through your character's eyes and be willing to let the other players who haven't gone through this really soak the scene up. You're there to have fun. You're there to play your character. You're there to put a few things in. But don't be the one solving everything. Don't be the one coming up with weird reasons why you know that this trap is 20 feet down the thing. You know, Don't do any of that stuff. Just enjoy it. Walk into the trap. Just to make it happen. Just so it's fun and you can still play a, uh And that lets you replay adventures if you kind of keep to that. It, it gives you the chance to replay these ones over and over. So imagine how much more fun you can have if you don't only get to play it once, but you can play Storm King's Thunder two or three different times, with two or three different characters, all different points of view, and it could turn out all kinds of different ways, even though some things are the same. So I think that's really cool.
0: I don't know if I um. would ever want to replay an adventure like that. Like, I think from mm-hmm. a player standpoint, if I know all of the puzzles and I know all of the, and I kind of know the overarching story, like I don't really see the benefit in me replaying that. Um, mm-hmm. Although it's cool to maybe play it with a different character, it's it's less fun i I shouldn't say less fun but like i just i don't know if i would have a good time because i already know everything you know
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh so it's interesting that you're getting something out of this i guess like now if i had played in storm king's thunder and then i decided to run it afterwards that would be very different and i think having the the knowledge of like me running through it and then turning around and running it for somebody else uh Mm -hmm. but but i don't know like no, I do not know. You've, but you, you played in like Dragon of the Mount a couple times and had a good time with mm-hmm. that and stuff I like that. I played that three times three and times? it went
1: different, three different times. Yeah. It so, was very different. So, know. and that's, what's interesting. I also, what it's taught me is as a dungeon master, don't run the module word for word go in and pick little points that you want to modify something or you want to change something or you want to just add a little something to or, or like you're like, I don't like this creature, but you know it would be cool if I put an owl bear here instead or something. Just that little little changes so that even if you have players that have played before, they're still surprised. They're still. And if you think of like um, water deep dragon Heist, that's like four different That's seasons true. that you could play through. And I'm sure there's lots of people that want to try to play that through the different seasons to see how different, or when in reality it probably comes out to be very similar in the end, right? I, I assume. I don't know. I've watched one version of it so far, mm-hmm. um, and I think it'd be interesting. I do agree that it's not so much about knowing what's about to happen, or and I never got all the way through Tomb of Annihilation. I think if I'd gone the whole way, we did whatever. We finished it. The big bad guy's done. The big secret's revealed. But I got halfway through the module, and the, my group died. Yeah. So this is the idea of, no, I really want to get through this, so I'm going to play through it. I'm hoping this group gets all the way through it, and yeah. we don't go halfway and die again. So for me, I think that's why it's, I'm still pretty interested in it, um, to, to try it out. But, yeah. I mean, a lot of times we know what I mean, you were talking about doing your um, – Um, kids on brooms, and it's about, you know, doing, um, um, going to Hogwarts and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. We kind of know how that works. Kids go to this thing, crazy magic stuff happens, there's an adventure, and then they go on and be the next grade level of whatever they are. Mm -hmm. So it's all kind of the same, but you might play that four or five, six different times with different characters and different things that they're doing, and they're part of different houses, but Mm -hmm. it's all kind of the same, but still super fun. So Mm -hmm. I almost feel like that's the way it is just picking out different random encounters to have instead of other ones. So we got different random encounters in the jungle than we got the first time around. We got a couple that were the same, but they were just as fun to try to play with a different set of characters that had a different set of skills to try to overcome this problem. Um, And my fun also is watching the rest of the group try to figure out what's happening. Because as a DM, we often do that, right? We're often... We present some clues, we present some evidence or some something for the players to think about, and then we sit back and we watch them talk or discuss and try to work their way through what's going on. And that's enjoyable too as a DM because you're trying to figure out, oh, okay, are they gonna get it? Did I give them too much information? Did they get enough? Are they even on the right track? Are they off on some red herring? You know, what's going on? So that's fun to watch. And I'm getting to see that as a player too. So. Yeah. The other thing is this Warm Age character that I'm playing is my favorite, favorite character. And I will play this. I don't care if the only way I get to play this is I can only find DMs that are running Tomb of Annihilation. Then I'll run Tomb of Annihilation fifty times because I love because <laughs> I just want to play this War Mage, which I'm really, really enjoying. It's a War Mage built around a spell That's the Xanathar's
0: mag- Mage, right?
1: Yeah. Yep, okay. Yeah, and it's it's kind of geared towards. Theme-wise, I wanted to go very elemental mage-wise. So I only took things that have strong elements to them. So if it has fire in it, then it was a type of spell I would take. If it has lightning in it, it it's a type of spell I would take. If it was some type of dust or wind spell, I would take it. And if it was some type of earth spell or water spell, I would take it. All the other stuff I've left alone. So it's a very elementalist kind of war mage that I'm building here. And it's just been fun to play. But I realize for all of those, here's for any of you that are out there playing War Mages, I realized I built a character that actually has too many reaction-based abilities and I only get one reaction in the turn. And I'm starting to realize that that was a mistake in some ways because I want to do certain cool things with my reaction but yet I've already used it to do something else. So I've got counter spell stuff, I've got shield, I've got um, my ability from the War Mage is based off a reaction, using the reaction action. Um, so I've got three things that are all kind of vying for you know, my reaction slots. So gotta be sounds careful on that like, when you're building doing builds. Go ahead.
0: Sounds like you need to build a custom magical item that allows you to have more than one reaction in a round.
1: That's exactly what I need. <laughs> or convert my bonus action to to, yeah you know something like
0: that that'd be really cool
1: so it but it's cool to to work around the limitations and to realize that this combination has some really fun stuff to it but also realize oh i didn't realize that was going to happen when i combined these things together so super fun i like that um there's a lot of cool monsters in this without spoiling too much here in the jungle but i'm getting to fight cool stuff like that maybe you don't get in a lot of other modules. I mean, there's a lot of undead stuff going on, but there's also like um, every now and then you might wander around and you might hit a pig. You know another cool mm. monster that I thought was really cool. You can run into you know patrols of Yuan-Ti or red wizards of They or all these kind of cool creatures or factions you haven't seen in other parts of Sword Coast of adventures. So
0: and I never really thought it's about really this cool. as uh, a sandbox, but you're right. If you wanted to replay an adventure, a sandbox would be the one that you would want to play because you do roll randomly. Like like if I wanted to rerun Hot Springs Island, I would have a very or even if I played in Hot Springs Island, I know all of the different factions and stuff but like it's it is just a pure sandbox so really we could kind of go anywhere and i still wouldn't know what exactly is going to happen and what monsters or what you know so yeah
1: yep See, you're, you're, you're coming along. I <laughs> Although
0: I don't think I would ever play in Hot Springs just because I ran it so much. I do have a lot of stuff, but I would I would run that adventure again because it was yeah. really cool.
1: But I bet if you played in it, it would never end up with you siding with the salamanders to, to get an army to go against the guy in the vault. I bet it goes totally different if we yeah. play in it. Because just the way, like you said, the random encounters happen. And, and the way the DM wants to set up and run and tell story within the random encounter stuff yep. that's going on. So, yeah, for
0: sure. I get you. Cool. I, I see you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm there. So <laughs> Thursday we did uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen, which is really cool. I'm enjoying this. I am playing the Artificer, the version that we have right now. I am playing the Artillerist version. And we hit third level last week or the week before. So I finally got to use my turrets, which is cool. And At the very end of this session, we had a bunch of battles through some caves and such. Um, we're going to hit fourth level. So by the time we play next week... I'll get the fourth level. And I've got to make this big choice now, which would be, do I go ability for my artificer increase or do I try to choose a feat? So any of those of you out there watching the show, if you've got any good ideas for cool feats for the artificer class as we know it from the UA, go ahead and put that in the comments for me to read through. Before my thursday game and i'll de- i'm gonna make a decision should i just keep the ability score increase or is there a cool feat that the artificer really should have so you guys can let me know in the comments did you roll in- for stats yes complete roll um do you have pretty high drops. stats then no i have no. terrible stats oh, okay I have terrible stats. <laughs> <laughs> stats
0: probably the ability score is what jordan would say but uh yeah. I don't know. There, there could be like, it, I feats are always based on theme for me. Like what theme do I yeah. want my, my character to have? So,
1: yeah. So this is, this is the community's homework. Help me decide, is there a feat I should be looking at or are there no feats that Artificer really is going to benefit too much from? And I just stay away from, because some classes can really benefit from having one or two of those feats that are out there and they can be dynamically different type of characters by having a couple of feats. So we'll see is Artificer one of those or should Artificer just stay kind of in its lane and outside of that, that stuff. So I don't you guys let me know. Other than that um, pretty fun, typical game. And Oh, Saturday night. The last thing is we got invited to from D Elise, a friend of the show. Uh, Elise is always out there on Twitter verse uh kind of always talking about mine and Jordan's channels, which is really cool. And we, I've played in a couple of games with Elise. I've, I've ran one, played with one and she decided she's going to do a play test of an adventure they're about to put out, I think on DM's guild pretty soon. Um, and we're going to play some level 13 characters against the temple of Madriel or Madriel. I don't know how to pronounce it quite. And I, and she told me about it last night. So of course my Friday night was spent deciding on what type of 13th level character I'm going to play because, you know, that's how everybody should spend their Friday night. (laughs) And I decided to go with, because we've had a lot of good conversations about the original Ranger Beastmaster that seems like nobody ever takes because they say it's a terrible class. I've decided I'm going to play a halfling Beastmaster. Cool. Who has chosen Underdark was the, um, the original area of uh, land that I'm good at. Although by the time you get to 13, you get to pick a couple more. But I like this idea of getting to play a little bit higher level character to kind of get the feel for Ranger. Because mm-hmm. I haven't played the Beastmaster one. I played a couple of the other ones, but I didn't lean into Beastmaster. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to play it as rules are, as the um, player's handbook says, play it out uh, regular halfling, nothing crazy. And got a Pet Roper, right? Yeah, yeah, I wish. That's what (laughs) I really want. But I'm doing a giant badger Okay. that she's allowing me to reskin as a giant wolverine because we're in Michigan, so wolverines are cool. (laughs) So it looks like a giant wolverine, and I'm a halfling. I'm going to ride around on it, and then I'm going to hide, and we're going to do lots of cool stuff. So I think that's going to be really fun. That'll be a fun um, adventure tonight um i don't know if she's streaming it or not if she is i'll post it on twitter so keep an eye out on twitter if it's not being then you'll just hear about it next maybe next week depending on how much show we have on stuff that we did but it's a um, ranger Beastmaster, which i thought was pretty fun so that's what i've been doing in dungeons and dragons hopefully next week i run a few games get my campaign seeking revenor back up and off the ground and moving forward There'll be less travel
0: do? for you, so you should be yes, able to, no right? travel. Yeah, <laughs> nice.
1: So what did Jordan do in role-playing games, Dungeons & Dragons, any of those sorts of things? What's been going on?
0: Well, I also wanted to say, before I start talking about games, is the uh, Beastmaster Ranger, I played too. I did the same thing, where I'm like, you know, people, like, t- they, they don't like the Beastmaster Ranger. They keep saying it's mechanically flawed and all this other stuff. So I wanted to play one in a one-shot, and I did. Um, and I, I think I was a Yuanti Beastmaster with a snake companion and like I liked it a lot because my snake snake could grapple people and keep them pinned and I could fire arrows and like like it's mechanically probably not the best because you know my poor snake doesn't have that many hit points. But like if you have a dungeon master that just kind of is willing to play with you then mm-hmm. you can do some really cool, interesting stuff with that. And I had a lot of fun with my Beastmaster Ranger and, and like my my wife plays a Beastmaster Ranger and she loves it. And so it's just kind of, I don't know, but we have done quite a few te- tweaks to make that yeah. more playable. Yeah,
1: so I'm going with no tweaks, except here's yeah. a big tip for all you guys out there. Remember, Arata has been put out. So there is player yes. handbook updates. So there is two significant changes to Ranger Beastmaster that came from official Arata um, that now gets printed in the new player handbooks that come out nowadays, that really does help that class a little bit in the action economy of when you don't tell you, you don't give your pet a command. It takes the dodge action, mm-hmm. but you don't have, because before it said you had to use your action to tell it to dodge. Yeah. So you couldn't do something with your action. So then let's say you did that. You said, okay, pet dodge. Now all I've got is bonus action reaction to do something and that pet can't even go and attack anything; it's just going to do a dodge. So, with it saying that it, you don't have to tell it to do that, that's really nice. And once you get to a high enough level, I think what happens is with the Beastmaster Ranger, from what I'm seeing so far, is that the early levels you feel very constrained because it's almost like I have to pick between what I want to do or what I want it to do. Yeah. But by the time you hit like you know that that seventh and tenth level area where you get um the the master training and the feral something else i'm forgetting the actual names of them it opens up because all of a sudden the pet gets multi-attack they can do things you can tell it to do things using your bonus action instead of your action Mm -hmm. and um because you have multi-attack at fifth level you can fire an arrow even though if your pet goes up and attacks so at level 13 i can tell my giant wolverine to attack it'll attack twice and i can fire an arrow all of that's part of the action economy in 13 that feels good
0: yeah what
1: i don't think feels good for people is maybe that starting out at second level and third level or third level when you actually get the pet to all of a sudden say wait i have to sacrifice what i'm doing to make it do something but you get there i mean the class does get there and this badger has 52 hit points because it's four times your level um or you take what the the creature's maximum normally would be and i think when they say maximum i think they i mean the calculation from the npc block not necessarily the average that is set there i think that's what they mean by that but that's that wasn't clear to me uh, oh i thought it was the
0: cal- yeah the average good. but
1: yeah, the attacks are pretty good because it's, it gets my proficiency bonus added on. So right now at thirteen, that's a plus five, mm-hmm. and it already had a plus three for the giant badger. Could be different for whatever creature you chose. So that's a plus eight on stuff. That's not bad for for doing. You know, it's not crazy damage, but it's not bad either. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna like it. I think I'm gonna be on the group's the side of the group that says. I don't think it's broken. Maybe it could be buffed a little bit. Maybe it could be improved, but it's not broken. It's not unplayable, you know, in that. But we'll see. I'm going to play it tonight. So
0: yeah, that that big problem is just like when the rogue, when the not rogue, but when the random fireball comes down and you lose your your pet in one hit, um, is kind of rough. But Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. You just figure it out. (laughs) Like you can't be good at everything all the time, I guess, unless you're a paladin. But.
1: And that's true. Elise <laughs> was in the playtest for Dragon on the Mountain with us. She played in a game with me, that Jordan hosted, as he ran his first playtest on Dragon on the Mountain before he released it. Elise was in that game. Yeah, and indoor and me and Greybeard and maybe somebody else. I'm trying to remember who was all in that. And maybe PB. I don't remember. Don't remember. I'll have to go look at Jordan's. Um, Elise was definitely there. You were definitely I'm there. I'm sure he listed the names of the playtesters in there. Yeah, so no, i sure he didn't at all.
0: Yeah. You're that. wrong about that. So have fun. <laughs> go look at that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, self-promotion, I guess. Now that we're talking about Dragon on the Mount, it is yeah. currently an Electrum bestseller on Yay! DM's Guild and is uh, 85 cents. It's like on sale for 15 cents cheaper. So it's only a dollar, but apparently it's on sale right now. So if you are interested, you can pick that up. Um it's fun. <laughs> uh but me and games, I have been working a lot on this uh kids we're calling it kids with wands instead of kids on brooms. Um so I'm working on this Hogwarts hack and the reason I changed it is uh so mm. I'm working on this Hogwarts hack and this is kind of well no, I I don't, I, okay. So I was contacted by the uh, Kids on Bikes people because mm-hmm. I had put this out in the world and they told me some things and I don't know if I should announce those. So I'm not going to say anything, but Ooh. basically they were like, they were like, you should change the name. And I was like, okay. So I changed the name to Kids With Wands. Um, and they're perfectly fine with me doing this hack and everything. They thought it was really cool. And they were like, go ahead and, and do it and put it out there. Like, you're, you're promoting our game. It's awesome. And I was like, okay, cool. So um, we're going to call it Kids With Wands. But i uh, been having a lot of fun. And we'll just talk up how cool Elise is because I was kind of like, hey, Elise, you've got a really active Discord. And she's like, (laughs) I do. And I was like, what if I want to put together this like Kids with Wands playtest? And she's like, let's do it right now. And within seconds, I had a complete game of people. We have a date selected. We're going to play it next Saturday. Um, We're going to play Kids with Wands, uh, my Hogwarts hack for kids on bikes. Um, And it should be a lot of fun. And I've been fine tuning. Um, I I always come home and I want to like work on my... Uh, videos and I want to work on my uh, next DMs Guild project that I've been working on. But I always seem to find myself gravitating to this kids on kids on bikes hack that I've been playing with. And so uh, literally the last like three or four nights, I've just been working on that and and fine tuning it and things like that. But I think we're ready for a play test. Um, and then when I'm done with this, I will put it out into the world and you guys can uh, run your own Hogwarts adventures with kids on bikes. Uh, it's A really simple hack. Uh, It doesn't take a lot. Kids on Bikes is kind of a simple system already, Um, and there's not things like levels, and there's not things like hit points in Kids on Bikes, so it's really how do you want to tell a cool story, and I think I've got the magic systems of Harry Potter figured out for uh, Kids on Bikes, so it should be really cool. So that's what I've been working on quite a bit, Um, and so keep in the next... Month or so, I'll probably release that, and I'll probably talk about it here on the show as well. Um, that you guys can find like a free PDF if you're interested on playing kids with wands. And if you are, tell me because that's really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you are interested immediately, um, you know what? I'll put a link in the show notes to, to the PDF. So if you guys are curious, you can read the PDF about kids with wands. So I've been working on that a whole bunch. We did play uh one game where a couple of interesting things happened. I played my Sunday game. Um, and we were licking our wounds cause we, we fought basically the big bad end guy. He came in, he, he beat us up, he stole something and left. And so we're all kind of just like, oh man, we, we kind of failed that. Um, and then this is an interesting thing that happens. And I wanted to ask you if this happens in your game every so often, but the DM was like, you hear something off in the distance. It sounds like somebody needs help, or it sounds kind of like something's happening. Like you hear a cry for help. And everyone else was just like yeah i don't think we need to do that like we're we need a short rest or we need this or we need all this other stuff like they didn't they didn't want to go help and i could tell that i'm just like but i think this is where the dm kind of wants us to go not that he's railroading us but like where else are we going to go and and they literally were like i don't know it just kind of seems like a problem so being the lawful character that I am, a lawful good character, I was just kind of like, well, I'll I'll be lawful stupid and I'll just jump in and be like, we've got to rescue them. So I go charging in whether I'm going to live or die, I have no idea. There were two giant monsters that were fighting each other. And again, uh, and a guy in a cage in the back that was just like, ah, oh, I'm stuck in a cage. And again, our players were like, well, I mean, he could be, he's probably working for the enemy. Like, I don't think we should help him. We we just should just leave guys. We need to get out of here. And it really, I don't know. How do you react to that? Like, what would you do in this situation? Like, if you were a DM and you were trying to get your players to kind of go in a certain direction, but they were mm-hmm. very hesitant to it,
1: like, yeah, 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 it's the problem that when you are creating an adventure for heroes, but your players aren't playing heroes, <laughs> they're playing something different. And, and so, yeah, yeah you're like, damsel like, yeah, like and stress or. Uh, village is burning and needs help but you've got the players who are like well i mean that's just a side quest we need to keep going because we got this main thing going on we're not really firefighters so we're just going to get in just exactly. like oh, <laughs> you guys are heroes what <laughs> are you talking about <laughs> and so yeah i think that's that's the the a little bit of the us as gms thinking this is the type of adventure we're running this is the campaign here's these cool story stuff that's going on and then we notice our players are either fascinated by something else even legitimately or they're just kind of being a little bit stubborn and they want to do their own thing and they're not following along but i mean that's the game right because sometimes we're doing sandbox games and sometimes we're doing a a guided railroad kind of adventure and sometimes we're doing these other ones and it's just every now and then we run into that mismatch of What the what what the GM thought was going to happen and what the players are actually gonna do is totally different. So And maybe it's because I've GM'd a lot
0: and so I could kind of see my dungeon master, and I'm just like, I get the sensation that this is the direction we need to go. Yeah.
1: So the one thing I've been trying to do more of is as a dungeon master, be more flexible when my players do go off book. Like Mm -hmm. If I thought tonight's adventure was going to be about this and I prepped all this stuff and then they kind of start saying, well, we don't want to do that. We're going to go do this thing. It's not necessarily bad either way. It's just that I wasn't prepared for that or I didn't think of that. This is fine, but now I'm trying to do it on the fly. And so for us dungeon masters who maybe aren't as good at ad hoc or, you know, on the fly kind of adventuring, that puts us on edge a little bit or we're we're not comfortable or all of a sudden think we're flustered where things aren't going as well as we thought because we'd already prepped all this other stuff or whatever. Um, And so I'm trying to be a little bit better about it, but I'm also trying to be better about thinking about what the players would want to do or knowing their characters enough that the things I put in front of them are interesting. Mm -hmm. And if they do ignore something, I want to put consequences in for, ignoring things if you're not going to help this world that is dangerous and is um go back to the fire
0: like if they're if you're not going to help put out the fire because you're not firefighters like if you come back to that town do they resent you for not helping like did a little girl die in the fire and now this farmer lost his child because you didn't help like i don't know
1: Yeah. And if they, and I want it to be clear to them because I, in the beginning, I'm always, I always tell all my players, all the campaigns I run, Lucian runs heroic campaigns. I do not run PVP style campaigns. I don't really, I'm not into letting my players backbite each other. Yeah, That's cool. We can find a GM that will run that for you if you guys want to play that, but that's not what I want to run. I don't want to run I don't even want to run the evil character campaign. And I know there's plenty of people out there that would be like, I'd love to play an evil character campaign. Lucian will never run the evil character campaign because mm-hmm. I'm all about heroes and heroics. And, and even, even people that weren't heroes, but have to be heroes now. Like, maybe they don't want to be a hero, but they're going to do it because they, they just can't look away or they can't not help, right? That's the storylines that I would love to get into. And so, yeah, if they all of a sudden start saying, well, we don't really care, we're not going to help them, then I want there to be real consequences in their world. So if that village burns down, that affects the village or the place they're from because all of a sudden – They're not getting maybe the food that they used to get from that village, that that farm that provided to the keep. So now, you know, they're having problems with supplies or something terrible moves in now that, you know, that that village had kept away. Or maybe there were NPCs that they would have had access to that they don't because, you know, the world reacts to what the players do in their actions. So and the gods, The gods keep an eye on. So if you've got a cleric in there who's not doing whatever, I have had one of my um, characters, I've had the cleric take their powers away in mid-battle, or they didn't even know until they got to the next battle that none of their spells were working Mm -hmm. because their god was displeased with the way they handled the situation. And to make them known that they were displeased, they pulled their power you know, mm-hmm. for, for just that one fight. And then they did a dream sequence where they got to kind of talk with their God about what the problem was, you yeah. know, and why yeah. it wasn't okay. And I, I think the players enjoyed it, but it was like this idea of consequences for your actions and to be careful about players. Here's the thing for players. It's okay to do what you want. If you want to um, play your character a certain way, that's fine. I get that. But just remember that, you're playing the character and you're not playing the metagame. Don't do something. Cause you're like, well, I want my spell slots back before we do this next thing. So that's why I want to rest. If your character really is somebody who would leave somebody or is suspicious of a call who makes the, it could be a trap and you're mm-hmm. playing that angle of it, then I'm okay with it. But if your angle is "Well, I want to get my spell slots back before we have this next encounter. Yeah. That's a little too metagamey for me. And I, you know, as a GM, I'm going to be like, "Well, come on. You know, let's just play the game and, and just so that that's I think how I'd handle it.
0: Yeah, no, it was uh and, and it all worked out. It's not like this was something that was bad and we all had a really good time. I just thought it was really funny that they were they were very set on like, well, I don't know, we and we were in a dangerous place, so I'm sure they could have been like it's a trap or something, but in my mind, I'm just like no, we need to go help. And it was, that ended up being the way we got out of the Underdark and and, and helping this mm-hmm. person. He was our guide and he got us, you know. And so it was all kind of, you know, set up that we needed to meet him. Um, and, and I'm sure my dungeon master would find another way for us to meet him had we decided to not rescue him from these two monsters. There would have been something yeah. else along the way um, because that's the nature of dungeon mastering. You kind of like yeah. improv on the seat of your pants.
1: Um, well, and I also like the challenge. You said one thing that kind of perked up when you said it was, I decided to be um, lawful stupid. And I, I like the challenge of being lawful good and having the the restrictions that we think about, but being smart also, being being lawful smart yeah. about, yeah, I have to help. I can't turn my back on somebody who's asking for help, but not doing it in a dumb way, not doing it in a right. Leroy Jenkins way type thing, not playing how many, many, many people play the, the lawful paladin. You don't have to be dumb. You can be Rick Grimes as a lawful paladin. You know, you can be this character who is gr- John Wick could be a lawful good paladin. He's the guy who just would couldn't turn away and is going back and saying, no, you did this. And now I'm going to end you and I'm going to end you violently and a lot. <laughs> so you can uh, play these characters very intricately, even if you're playing a lawful good character. So and when I say,
0: int- yeah, and I shouldn't use st- lawful stupid, but the reason I said that specifically is because <laughs> uh, Jordan's character did run in to two giant monsters fighting to try and mm-hmm. like protect this guy. And had his uh, party members not joined in to support him, he probably would have died. Mm -hmm. so like i can't take on two you know cr8 monsters by myself but if my party joins then i can but once i jumped in they were just like oh i guess we gotta help jordan now and then it was like okay well now we're you know we're fighting we're getting experience this is kind of the game guys like let's play this yeah Yeah. so after that we ended up going back to um kind of like a, a, a our home base where our celestial warlock is creating a temple and Uh, We had some downtime to craft some items and I've been talking that uh, I really wanted to get this like shield that could magically enlarge and cover my whole body. So I wanted a shield that can cast the shield spell so that, and then flavor it like it's getting really big so that I can hide behind it and kind of, and, and get my plus five AC basically by getting cover behind something. Mm -hmm. Um, And, Using the rules in Xanathar's Guide and the wizard helping me and the wizard being able to cast the shield spell, me being able to cast enlarge, we took like a week of downtime and X amount of gold and we ended up crashing creating this uh, item. Have you done any like item creation in D&D, because I was thinking about it. This is the first time I've ever done it. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I could build anything. And I started thinking of all these different things. That's why I brought it up earlier, where you need a magic item that lets you have two reactions in a round. Like you start thinking about certain things like that. And I'm like, oh man, I really want to do this or I really want to do this. And I want to build a magic item that lets me customize my character even more. Have you Mm -hmm. done any crafting before?
1: No, and I think it's because... If we've ever talked about, on this show, every now and then we've talked about a complaint that I think I have with Dungeons & Dragons. I can't remember if you agree with me or not, but it feels like this version has been written to use very little magic items in conjunction with the characters because the characters are so powerful anyway. So Mm -hmm. most of the games that I've played, people have gotten one or two magic items, but not very many more than that. So it's like we haven't had very many opportunities to build them and i haven't done enough downtime activities in my campaigns and i really should do more of that but there's a lot of different rules i wanted to do um matt coville's um strongholds and followers we're doing that as well the fact
0: that he has a temple now is because of strongholds and followers like he's invested the money to get built
1: but and the only one that I made custom was like the the cool item you got for your Leviatar um, cleric oh, yeah, that yeah. you were playing that had a really, cause that was my idea of like, what would be a cool weapon that a, a, a goddess would give to one of their powerful clerics? And mm-hmm. I thought, Oh, this would be really cool. And I remember during that, making that and when we even played that it was so cool to watch you use it and to see the different ways you would try to use it or struggle with should i use it now or should i not should i power it up now or should i and take the hits or should i go do something else i really liked it and i i should do more of it i forget how fun that was and how cool Mm -hmm. it was to make something so unique and then we'll see it play out in the actual game so i really should do more of it i don't know why i don't
0: yeah i always make magic items for my players but mm-hmm. now I really think I'm going to have them be like, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to make? And then finding the resources and like, Oh, by the way, you're going to have to find the scales of a Ramirez in order for this to work. So you have to go monster hunting and fight a Hydra or something and come back with one of its horns so that you can mm-hmm. craft a magic wand that allows you to cast, uh, two cantrips at once or something like that, you know, like
1: yeah.
0: really cool stuff. So I don't know. It's, uh, It's really interesting and and it kind of opens the world. And this is a whole topic of conversation that I'd like to talk about more um, because crafting magic items is not, a. I I was almost going to say it's kind of like a science. Like there's a way of like, here are the rules of the games and then your magic items allow you to break certain rules, like having two reactions or being able to cast two cantrips um, or being able to concentrate on two spells at once or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I like Mm -hmm. the idea that you can kind of break the rules or just take a cool spell and infuse it into a magic item. Um, like yeah. I've got, uh, uh, what is it called? The the sunblade? the light, light, like the, yeah, yeah my, the sun I have I that sunblade with my Eldritch Knight and it's a cool magic item that breaks the rules because it's a long sword that is also a finesse weapon. So it's one Mm -hmm. of the few finesse weapons that is a, or it's one of the only that is a D8 damage, but you can use it with dexterity because it's like, it doesn't weigh anything. So you can do it with finesse. And so it's like, I like, I like cool magic items that break the rules like that for a a (laughs) player because it makes that player that much more unique, you know, so.
1: That is cool. Well, in in Artificer, I've gotten. It's been cool to build those turrets and describe how they are and Mm -hmm. skin them certain ways. But like you just said, it even reminded me tonight. I'm gonna play a 13th level character. In Elise said during character creation, you get to pick one uncommon, one rare, and one very rare magic.
0: Well, because level 13 item
1: to go with your 13th level character. So that was the other thing I was going to tell uh, everybody uh, in the in the show. Get me on Twitter. Send all of the really cool items that you think a ranger should have. What's the best magic items that a ranger should have? I get to pick an uncommon, I get to pick a rare, and I get to pick a very rare. Um, so I'd, lo- I'd love to hear what you guys think. So it's at Sir Lucian Gaming, all one word on Twitter. Send me those things, because I think it's true. So often in a lot of games, we're magic item light. So I would love to see a version of Dungeons and Dragons where maybe we don't have as many character abilities, but at third level. And at fifth level and at seventh level, we're getting magic items that are giving us cool things we can do. So those become more of those like ability enhancements that we're getting, but it's from the accumulation of magic items that we're getting, not from, well, my character class gets this at third and my character class gets this at fifth or whatever. Because that'd be interesting to see a much, much crazier magic. That sounds like the
0: coolest OSR hack that you yes. should do for D D, like yes. there are no classes there are no uh skills or anything everything is based on what equipment you're wearing and what you get find a holy symbol all of a sudden you're a cleric you know yeah. find a wand you're a wizard find a great axe you're a warrior or a barbarian and mm-hmm. this belt gives you extra strength and things like that so you are your equipment as opposed to yeah that would
1: be a fun osr yeah. hack yeah you're a farmer who picked up something and mm-hmm. became something else yeah, yeah you're your stats are tens across <laughs> so. but it's your belt that gave you plus two to strength yeah, or your, yeah I think that'd be really fun that'd, that'd could be really be a, cool, cool. That's a good one. I'm writing it down, Jordan. Don't, <laughs> don't tell. Okay, everybody in the show, don't tell anybody. I don't want anybody stealing the idea. I'm <laughs> um,
0: also, uh, Skull Dixon says you need a pet rock, and I agree. I do. Um, that is I our show, ladies and rock. gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming out and watching us live. Uh, if you are catching the video on YouTube, leave us a comment below about what you thought of the show or uh, what what uh, magic items Lucian needs, because we would love to hear that um and if you are so inclined to listen to us via podcast rate us on itunes so that we can get some more ratings and uh it helps circulate the podcast some more uh and that would be really cool of you and we would appreciate it links down below in the show notes uh for all of those for like itunes and all the other stuff uh and join our discord and with that i think that's the end anything else but we need to say before we go lucian
1: Just, hey, everybody, help us spread the word so we can get more fans in and we get more people watching. And that allows us more opportunities to do more cool stuff for you guys. So just keep spreading that word. You guys have been doing great. And keep the conversation up in the comments, on Twitter, all that stuff for us, because we love talking to you guys. And give us some ideas for what you want us to talk about on some of the shows.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. We love taking uh, idea topics. Uh, Thanks again, everybody. We will see you next week with another episode, a very special episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Goodbye, everybody.